1: we are back for another week full of fun and adventure we're actually going to be doing a couple of things this week first this week uh we have on monday today we have our special guest none other than matt aka mark underscore doubt from horror amino and devil jack's creepy carnival on amino so welcome oh (laughs) we also are going to be doing something this thursday guys as you guys already know we do a part two every week on thursday that is going to be our child's play episode we're going to do part one and two with our brand new co-host that we haven't announced yet so you're going to want to stick around but how you doing mark how you doing matt i don't know what to call Um, you uh, call me mark call me matt whatever (laughs) i I don't care um (laughs)
0: I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me on, dude. It's Thanks been great for having me on. I've been super
1: looking forward to this. I'm really glad you're on, man. I really appreciate all the effort that you put into a lot of the posts that you do, and you obviously know your shit. Plus, you're a fucking asshole, which I love.
0: <laughs> yeah, I got that going as well. You're not
1: really an asshole, but you know, I just like that you say what you want when you want, and I think that's it makes me feel more comfortable about being me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i i have no
1: sense of the inappropriate <laughs> <laughs> i don't think it's really there is any line really well i mean there is a line but it's okay uh, if if you know the person yeah
0: i, I just say things and <laughs> see if it hits
1: <laughs> well for everyone listening if you guys don't know who he is uh mark doubt and i've become friends on uh on some of the amino groups that we belong to for horror and uh, through like weird chats and posts and artwork and things, uh, we've become friends, making really bad, funny, disgusting, and uh, appalling jokes. So, <laughs> which is great. Absolutely. <laughs> and Mark is an artist who you just started doing,
0: right? Yeah, I'm. I'm trying, man. I'm. I'm trying. It's. It's a lot of fun. Um. Just some, yeah, some surreal horror art based on, on your favorite horror movies, kids.
1: Right. Um, you mix them up, too. You mix up different scenes.
0: Yeah, yeah. I try to. I try to think of what are the main themes and images from, from a movie and just mash them all together and, and see what comes out. And, yeah, I, I really enjoy doing them. I'm lucky enough that occasionally people want to pay me to do them. Um, I paid them. Yeah,
1: it's a lot of fun. If you guys ever want to check yeah, it you out. Did. Yeah, I, I, I commissioned a piece sort of and he was super nice to me and made them. We did the video drum. He did two of them and I fucking love them. Um, I'm a fucking video drum nut. I just love the whole brainwashing element behind it and the visual aesthetic. Yeah. It's deep and it's substantial. I don't know. There's something to it. So I, and I love the fucking work he did, man.
0: Thank you, man. Thank you. I'm really fucking glad to hear that. When are we going to see some shirts? (laughs) Soon, man. I'm going to check out that. I know I keep saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I know. And I'm I'm, I'm
1: like your manager. I'm like, fuck, dude, (laughs) you're going to do shirts. You're going to do mugs. You're going to do. (laughs)
0: Children's (laughs) lunchboxes. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I I am. I'm going to check the shirts out before the weekend. Um, I've got a couple of designs in particular that I want to start out with on the shirts. Um, A friend's been bugging me to do um, a shirt of the Poltergeist picture I drew. Nice. I really want to do one of, I did a Hellraiser one recently, where it's like the the box, the the lament configuration. And I I think that would look super cool on a t-shirt. So I want to do that um uh, And yeah, we'll see if if anybody buys the fucking things i will I will do some more
1: no dude i'll I will probably get me and Christina are probably going to get a couple of shirts from you so <laughs> we awesome. Like, we like to support art that we like, and it's not I'm not just saying that because we're friends, you know what I mean like I really, really do like it, so I like black and white uh it's not simple, but I mean the simplicity of the two colors is appealing to me.
0: And me, and also it's the only fucking thing I can do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll probably expand on that, though. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. yeah. We're going to make you famous. <laughs> <laughs> Name based on the $1 bill. Also, guys, if you didn't know, Mark just had a birthday last week. Well, technically it was yesterday for us, but for you guys last week, Mark had a birthday. How'd that go, Mark? It went really well, yeah. How- how's I- 70 treating you? <laughs> <laughs> dude.
0: 68 60 68 let's get it right you don't I'm look a day 68. over 69 yeah i know it's it's those lovely winters we have over here they, they age <laughs> the skin really nice it was good man i had a super day i went and got tattooed and that was awesome and painful and cool as fuck i went to the cinema with my wife to see baby driver the oh yeah right movie
1: was it good oh yeah
0: fun movie Fun action movie. If if you like old school action movies, you'll fucking love this one.
1: I'm on it. I want to go see it this week. Maybe I'll go see it tomorrow or something. What did you get tattooed as for your birthday? Like, what'd you get?
0: I'm working on an Italian horror sleeve, (laughs) and uh, I had a a piece from um, the Lucio Fulci movie, City of the Living Dead, also known as The Gates of Hell. Right. Um, I've had the poster of that basically put on my shoulder, so the big zombie head overlooking the city. Right. Uh, it looks awesome. I'll send you some pics, man. Yeah, uh, I want to see it this looks... shit,
1: man. That's one of my favorite movies uh, from Lucio Fulci. It's my introductory movie, and for whatever reason, it just I loved it.
0: Oh, uh, me too. That that whole kind of thematic trilogy. That's one of the the pinnacles of, of fucking
1: horror for me. It really I, is. I mean, I, I well, know that they borrowed a little bit, but I feel like it stands does? on its own.
0: Who doesn't, man? Um, if we didn't borrow, we'd only have one film to watch.
1: Right. <laughs> I'm jealous. I definitely am looking forward to seeing that, man. And happy birthday.
0: Thank you. Thank you, man.
1: I think it might be that time, Mark. What time is that?
0: Horse Horror Shots! Shots!
1: So, guys, we are back for Horror Shots. This week, we're going to be doing a special shot in preparation as a pregame to the Thursday episode. As you know, Mondays are the pregame for Thursday. We are going to be talking about two movies, Child's Play 1 and 2, for Thursday with our new co-host, which we have not announced yet. Mark and I kind of decided that we were going to try to put together a decent shot, I think. That would harness Focus the power up. of Child's Play into a single shot, and, and Mark came up with this idea. By the way, you want to break it down for him?
0: Uh, yeah, okay. So we we wanted it looking bright orange like the little fella's hair, right? Um, and yeah, so we we've gone for triple sec, super super horrible orange liqueur. We got some nice Irish whiskey in there, red breast for uh, me, and bushmills for me. Nice. Are we, are we putting the orange peel
1: in? I didn't do the orange peel, I'll be honest, but we should add that as a decoration. I was scared I was gonna choke on it or something.
0: (laughs) It'll be the least offensive thing in the drink.
1: It's way too kind for the drink, I think. (laughs) 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 But we decided that we're gonna call this guys a chucky fucker. (laughs) Yeah. Chucky. What was the thing that you came up with that we gotta say after it? Oh you gotta say. It's good, guys. It's good, guys. So bad, but so perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to pour half a shot of triple sec of your choice. We Mark decided that he wanted to do Cointro. I think I'm saying yep. it correct? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, which you're going to pour a half a shot of that in there. Okay, here we go. All right. Yep. Then we're going right. to take some Red Breast or any whiskey of your type, Irish whiskey, preferably since he's red-haired and fair-haired, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we pour another half a shot of that in there. We were going to use bitters, but I couldn't find any kind of bitters around me. All I could find was shitty American beer. (laughs) Uh, But now, if you want to be fancy, you can add a orange rind to the top of this to decorate it. Let's go ahead and cheers to this, Matt, Mark. Okay, Mom. All right, cheers, brother. Cheers. Uh You know know what's? It's not that bad.
0: Yeah, I've,
1: I've tasted better. Oh, I've had better. <laughs> but f- for the for the, the grade of excellence that we have here on our horror shots, I think it's yeah. fairly reasonable.
0: <laughs> yeah, certainly You've I, I've listened to you guys drinking some fucking horrible drinks.
1: Oh, yeah. We try to make ourselves puke for the most part, but I think this one's actually not so bad. I like really think this is like a six or a seven. It tames the orange down a little bit.
0: Yeah, see, it's gone down okay, actually.
1: Yeah, but yeah guys if you guys want to make a chucky fucker and please don't fuck dolls it is you can go to Live- <laughs> <laughs> no not that kind of doll anyway unless they're talking and and give you the permission okay just so you know <laughs> but you can go to longlivethevoid.com to find out our hashtag horror shot section and find out how to make this appalling chucky fucker drink for yourself but I think that's it for horror shots and Mark speaking of fucking dolls it's the fucking news! <laughs> Here is the fucking news! Alright guys, we're back for the news, and Mark and I have compiled some... Of what we think is interesting news Uh, Mark, do you want to talk about the first thing That you brought up to my attention?
0: Yeah, so first off Belfast Film Festival is having to defend Its plan to show The Exorcist and The Omen At a former Catholic church in the city The Catholics have got their knickers in a twist Right. these sacrilegious films Are going to be shown on formerly sacred ground They don't even own the fucking church anymore
1: I know, which is so weird. 40 years ago, too.
0: Yeah. But hey, we we used to own that church. You can't show your movies in there. Fuck you, man. Yes, we
1: can. Yeah, it's not sacred anymore. You didn't pray enough.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) God abandoned that place a long time ago.
1: (laughs) Guys, to give you an idea, like Mark has, has been explaining, but a lot of the priests or friars or whatever in Belfast are pretty upset even around the world are pretty upset that this is actually a thing. And, Super, really? Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. Like, if you think about it, the place has been abandoned for 40 years, 40-plus 40 years. If you mm. cared so much, wouldn't you fucking make it a place of worship again? It's like, and then what did you say, Mark, that me and Christina were <laughs> cracking up about?
0: Do I go around all my old ex-girlfriends and show up their vaginas so that no one else can stick their wick in there? No. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't use it anymore, it's not yours.
1: You're like land claiming. You're like, no, this is mine. Even though I'm not going to upkeep or take care of this place.
0: It's the ultimate cock blocking. <laughs> Catholic Church cock blocking.
1: My wife's going to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's nice. Hello, Mrs. Marked Out, aka Matt's wife. <laughs> I think it's ridiculous. I, I don't know. I mean, I understand that there's like a religious thing, and I don't. I n- not everyone adheres to that. And if you're just going to leave a building abandoned, that's yeah, free game.
0: It's a fucking film, man. It's not like they're going to be going in there sacrificing goats, is it? Right. It's a fucking film. It's it, an
1: Oscar-winning film. This is the the gateway drug into Satanism. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to have it anyway. What's this? It's called the Belfast Film Festival? It is,
0: yeah. So, yeah, great film festival shows, international films, films from all around the world, and they're going to show these two horror movies. They're probably doing it because it's in a church. They're doing it for publicity,
1: but fuck it, do it, watch a film, have some fun. I mean, I'll be honest, it makes me interested. Like, I'd want to go see it it. in an old church. Like, that's awesome. And what these films do, they don't necessarily uh, pretend that it doesn't exist. It actually says that, you know, it's if it's cautionary tale at anything the omen the exorcist
0: absolutely it's got guys from the fucking church turning up to sort it out man to fight evil yeah the church are the good guys in these movies
1: right like they should be happy they They should be like yeah even if you don't believe in this shit like at least it exists in this form yeah fucking catholic
0: superheroes
1: (laughs) (laughs) in other news The Void, which we talked about last week, is actually coming out on Netflix. Now, I don't know if this is universal or worldwide. I know that in the United States it's out. But if you haven't seen it yet and you liked what we had to say about it or just curious about it, it's out on Netflix now. Perfect timing. (laughs) perfect timing for us by the way that's just a quick tidbit there's a new show that's been out for ghosts by the way uh it's called ghost of shepherdstown that came out last year and it was kind of a big success it was one of the destination america it's a channel out here mark uh but they had this show called Ghosts of i know it yeah you know it oh okay yeah so i it... know Destination America. oh they have it out they show
0: wrestling on that do they really yeah
1: Well, if you guys aren't privy to this information, Ghosts of Shepherdstown Season 2 is coming out. And apparently, there's been some information that's come out. Now, if you've never heard of Ghosts of Shepherdstown, one of the guys who was in The Ghost Adventures, which is probably the biggest ghost show on TV in the world right now. Actually, Nick Groff used to be on that show, and he started his own thing called Paranormal Lockdown. And then he also did Ghosts of Shepherdstown. Now the funny thing about this Mark is that my my relative is in the show.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, my relative who is the officer in the show's name is Mike. He's the officer that they talk to all the time to get these reports. And he's actually related to me by like like he's like my cousin. Like no joke. So one of the things that's come out, they had, there was an article that a few days ago, a story broke last week that went, sent a fair share of shockwaves through the paranormal community. The Inquisitor reported that the Destination American show, Ghosts of Shepherd Town, was staged and faked. Now, a lot of these different outlets, a lot of these news outlets were saying that it was faked, but they weren't reporting the correct news, including a few of our most popular horror websites. Just basically just poking at it. And it's like literally a few days before the season two airs of this show. Well, Nick Groff came to the Twitter and kind of set the record straight. And I'm going to read from that real quick the best I can. I'll try to paraphrase a little bit just so we can get through it. Nick Groff said, I started to see some questions about the authenticity of Shepherdstown, and I just want to clear the air for all of you as we go into season two this week. My fellow investigators, Bill Hartley and Elizabeth Saint, and I work closely with production, the local researcher Dana Mitchell, and the town Shepherdstown, to ensure all the witnesses' stories are told accurately. All of the witnesses' accounts that we investigate are real. So they basically do a lot of work on this. He further goes on to say, My fellow investigators, unfortunately an online outlet took a quote from Marianne Davis, the director of Shepherdstown Visitors Center, out of context from an interview that Marianne gave to a local newspaper earlier this year. Marianne was not interviewed about this outlet, nor any that shared the story. Marianne is a lovely person who cares passionately about our community and has been a great resource and ally for us filming. After talking with Today, Marianne said... We're looking forward to a new season and introducing new visitors from around the world in Shepherdstown. And to help her set the record straight, I wanted to share the full context of what Marianne said. So essentially what has happened is is that they took what she said out of context. She said that the producer of the film has actually taken the locations of these to try to spice them up for the for the film beauty you know to make it look like the the stories are real everything that's happened the accounts the reports everything is real but they took it out of context and reported on it and now everybody's backtracking to say that she did not say that she staged and faked the whole show so big news to some i'm personally a fan because of my own personal experiences with some weird shit i've been a skeptic but When something happened to me, I was like, holy shit, I don't know how to explain this. Maybe I should be a little more open. So that's about it. If you haven't seen the first season, you should probably check it out, Mark.
0: I will. Okay, so the next uh, news item is that George Romero's making another zombie movie. Um, So Road of the Dead is his new movie in the the long-running franchise, and... I believe is going to be essentially Mad Max with zombies. Right. Uh, Dystopian future, making zombies drive cars for the pleasure of horrible rich people. The news has been getting some really mixed um, responses. Some people on Twitter and elsewhere, it seems that they don't want another George Romero zombie movie. I guess they didn't like the last couple and now think that this means he needs to... Stop making films
1: and go to his retirement home. <laughs> you know uh, who it reminds me of? It reminds me of Death Race. Almost. Yes. Yeah. It reminds me of... Roger Corman. Roger Corman. It reminds me of Roger Corman. If you've seen George Romero's last two films, you probably already know that the quality has kind of gone down a little bit, right? Am I wrong?
0: Yeah, yeah. There's been a dip. There's been a dip.
1: Okay. I don't want to be impolite, but in the same respect, I don't want to fucking suck your dick.
0: <laughs> Fine, I'll put it away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's really, it's like the last two films have been kind of, like, Land of the Dead is gets a, it's, it gets a pass for me, because, like, in a, in a way that it, it's still got some good elements to it, even though it's not exactly like it. But the last two films that he did, what was it, Island of the Dead and Diary of the Dead? Diary of the Dead, yeah were a little bit of an offshoot. almost felt like someone who was ripping off Romero.
0: Yeah, yeah, I see that. Diary of the Dead, um, I I didn't see the point in, in doing a found footage of the dead movie. He made an okay stab at it. And he wanted to do something different for him.
1: Sure. And you know what? It may be just like one of those things where it's just like too little too late. Like he was late to the game. He may have had this idea early on and then it didn't come to fruition for years later. So...
0: The guy's a legend. He's paid his dues. He's made a trilogy of era-defining, genre-defining movies. He reinvented the zombie genre with Night of the Living Dead. He made... First truly political horror movie in decades with Dawn of the Dead. He followed it up with Day of the Dead, which is one of the best gore movies I've ever seen in my life. gore in that movie is fantastic, and it has great themes as well. So, yeah, he's made a couple of stinkers sure. since, but everybody does. You can't put a six
1: John Carpenter, Um, Wes Craven, all of them. Absolutely. Dario Agenso, all of them. They took risks of these films when they made them to do something completely out of the box. And sometimes it's just striking lightning in a bottle. Exactly. So it doesn't mean that they have this like every time is going to be perfect. I always respect them nonetheless. But I don't know. I'm open to see it. I hope it has more of a budget than they expect. Well,
0: the zombies, are, they're, they're big box office again, aren't they? They're, they're making a lot of money for, for TV executives and right. like, Walking Dead and all that shit. Um, to be honest, at this point, with all the oversaturation of zombie stuff, George Merrow is probably the only person that could get me excited about zombie movies again. Right.
1: <laughs> Unless it's just something completely out of nowhere. There's so many different subgenres of zombies now. There's, like, yeah, romantic comedy fucking zombies. Like, you know? Oh, I know. What was it um, called? Like, Warm Bodies?
0: Warm Bodies, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, even
1: that wasn't perfect, but there were some cool things that I liked that they did with it. It was okay. Oh, Trains of Busan. What is it? Oh, yes. Trains of Busan. That's kind of a classic approach with really great (laughs) characters. Yeah. Yeah, they did that really well. Really well. Really surprised me. I'm a little surprised that he's doing Road of the Dead. I'm not going to, like, criticize the man because he's done something more than one I've ever done and started a a basically what the zombies will be to this day Mm. in motion. But it does seem a little left field for me. Like, it is a little weird. Like, this is Road of the Dead. It's It feels like it's going to be very tongue-in-cheek kind of, like, comedy. Just the name. It
0: could be. But also, it, I mean, to me, it sounds very dystopian. It sounds very much like a, a metaphor for the battle of the of the classes, the ruling elite and the working classes and whatnot. Hey, it could be good. It could be bad. Let's see what the man does.
1: I'm ready for it. In other news, uh, we do have one more item here to announce, and that is that Evil Dead Two, part of the cabin that they made for it in the woods, the like the actual filmed location that they used in the woods, is on sale. Part of it, just the tress, the triangle piece on the side of the building, is actually on sale on eBay right now. There's literally one bidder on it for one thousand four hundred and ninety-nine dollars American, and that's a pretty penny. And it's free shipping as long as you locally pick it up in West Virginia, apparently. But it is legitimately the restored structure that they kind of used in the film. So, I mean, that's a pretty nostalgic film, whether you like it or don't. I think uh, if you're a fan that has a lot of disposable cash, this might be something that you might want. And there's considering that there's only one bidder. Eh?
0: Yeah, it's there for the taking.
1: I don't know if I'd want, I would never, if I, even if I had, well, maybe if I had the money. (laughs) If I just had a lot of money that I was like, fuck it, you know, like maybe I'll do it. Like I'll buy it. Like let's get a piece of the fucking cabin. I'd probably build a fake cabin out in the backyard, you know, just to have like the full piece on. Yeah, if I had that much money, I mean, the sky's the limit, you know.
0: I I, I don't know if I share your enthusiasm. It's it, it's a piece of fucking wood, <laughs> but, right? Um, I I understand how people um, are super into the, the collections of like actual film worn things, and hey, it, 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 it's it's from an, an iconic building in an iconic film. I hope to get the cabin tattooed on me one
1: day. There you go. Yeah, it's one of those movies, man. But yeah, guys, that's it for the news. Okay, guys, so we are back. And now it's time for us to do after shots. If you're not sure what after shots is, it's a new segment that we do, where we basically have guests on. Uh, sometimes we just talk about whatever. Sometimes we do interviews. But the segment's called after shots. So we're gonna go ahead and do that right now. course we're going to be talking with our friend who's been doing the news the shots and everything with us his name is matt he goes by mark underscore doubt on many of the amino groups that we belong to uh horror amino and of course devil jack's creepy Carnival. carnival right but mark thank you so much for coming on man it's been a blast so far dude let's talk about you
0: so, well, thank you for having me, man. Thank yeah,
1: man, dude. We've been talking about this for months, man. Like, yeah. Since a long time, I think at least six months, right? Haven't I mentioned that I invite you on like six months ago? I
0: think so, yeah. Yeah, a long time.
1: Mark has, he's a huge horror fan. He's not one of those collector types necessarily, but he does belong to horror in a big way. And I think if you see his artwork, probably appreciate a lot of the work that he does. First of all, let me ask you this, Mark. What is the reason that got you into horror?
0: Um... Me into horror. I have my father to thank for getting me into horror because um my father was a video nasty pirate when I was growing up. So when all the the early eighties video nasties were getting banned left, right, and centre, my dad was one of those guys getting them on VHS,
1: making, making copies,
0: loads and loads of copies, and <laughs> selling them door to door. So I just every time I went into our living room, there was like half a dozen video recorders all making copies of, of movies. I was like, oh, what's this? Turn on the TV. Whoa, it's a horror movie. Whoa, it's a super cool horror movie with people getting their heads pulled off and stuff. <laughs> and so I, I just used to watch them from like about, probably about seven, eight years of age. And I, I've never stopped.
1: You know, it's funny. You know, we we did an a interview with Jake West who did the documentaries of the Video Nastas. Oh, yes? And uh, I always, I think that's a little more fascinating than, than what we've dealt with here in America, in my opinion. Just because, like, that whole era of video is just so... It was just such a booming time. You have yeah. people from Germany who were, like, putting out... What was his name? Andreas Schnauss? Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Who yes, was, he was fighting against the fucking German government to basically put out snuff films, essentially, to what they thought. Mm-hmm. And all these films just started popping up out of nowhere as they called video nasties, and they had all these court cases and everything fucking fascinating, man. So. It is.
0: It's it's fascinating now. It was, I mean, it was a dark time culturally for the UK, the fact that we were just spanning these movies left, right, and center because of a couple of Fake evangelistic... Scenes. Yeah. And just two people who never even watched the fucking movies. Mary Whitehouse and, and Graham Bright, the MP, they never even watched the movies. They decided just from looking at the posters that these were, this was sick filth that would corrupt our children and even Dogs and they wanted to ban them all. (laughs) He actually said that. Dogs too, huh? Yeah. One of our MPs said, Dogs too. These (laughs) moons will corrupt your pet dogs. What a fucking wanker.
1: Yeah, it's like we don't have enough intellect to decide what is right or wrong. Look, there's going to be people out there that have mental disabilities and mental problems that they can't discern between what is reality and not. But that doesn't mean that everybody has that problem. Absolutely. There's been more atrocious things that have happened in our past and across the world that I think is probably more fucked up than any of the fucking movies have ever done. Like, come on now.
0: Well, we show real death every day on the news.
1: True. Yeah, what was the game Hitler played? I can't remember. What was that game that they played? What movie oh, did you watch? Know. I'm not
0: that old.
1: <laughs> 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 well, that's awesome, man. I, I like the fact that your dad kind of showed you into that. It's kind of what happened with me. My dad had, like, beta tapes. Oh, yeah? Sweet. We had beta machine long before anybody else. So we are buying, like, my dad was occasionally buying, like, $80 movies because it was, I don't know what it would be there, but probably, like, 120 pounds or some shit. Yeah. But basically it was it was pretty expensive to get a movie on on a video. But when the VHS boom happened, a lot of that stuff was just passed around. There was a lot of websites. Did you ever order from some of those websites with the VHS? Uh no, I didn't. I didn't. I did, man. I went crazy. I did um at Blackest Heart Media, I think, and then there was um Video Junkies out here. And those were like where I found like some of the most depraved shit I've ever seen. <laughs> you seem like you got some uh you're long in the tooth, so to speak. What would you say is some of your favorite horror movies? Oh, man. Like, um, if you had to kind of group it into a few movies. I know that's hard. Trust me. I know.
0: Uh, it is. It is. Okay. My my all-time favorite, um, House by the Cemetery, Lucio Fulci. Really? It, yeah. Yeah. That is my all-time favorite horror movie. Has been for a long, long time. Always will be. Fucking love that movie. Huge fan of Nightmare on Elm Street, the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Um, that was one of the movies that really kicked my obsession and got me wanting to know everything about every horror movie. I- I've really gotten into um, the old Val Luton movies from the 1940s, like um, Cat People and I Walked With a Zombie. Right. Um, Cat is one of my favorite favorite films. Never mind favorite horror movies. It's one of my favorite movies. I love it. Weird old horror
1: melodrama. Well, London. they redid it, too, so. Yeah,
0: Paul Schrader redid it in the
1: 80s. Yeah, which wasn't a bad film. It was a little different. Yeah, his films are. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing about you. I mean, I have, like, a cutoff point a little bit. Like, I've seen a lot of the 50s, some of the 40s, obviously, like, you know, like, some of the classics but you know a lot more about some of the older films than i do is that because of your dad or no
0: i just i love to delve deep man there's however much you know there's always a ton of shit you don't know and i love diving down that rabbit hole and just finding out about all the shit i didn't already know about i mean i i was born in 1976 um, but horror movies go back to 1896 and the fucking the birth of cinema. So that's like 80 years worth of horror movies, 90 years worth of horror movies that were made before I was even born. I want to know about that shit. There's got to be tons of good shit in there.
1: Right. Well, and it just shows you that we've always had some sort of morbid fantasy about our own death. Yes. That's what's Absolutely. interesting about it, I think. Because Mark made me watch quite a few movies. He, I told him to give me a list of five movies that we were going to talk about. And one of the suggestions was Cat, The Cat and the Canary from, what was it, 1928? 27, 28, yeah. yeah. Which was essentially a silent film with music over top of it about a house that was someone what was it the old guy died and he haunted the place and there was a will that would come out 20 years later that would be revealed and somebody had tampered with the will while it was during that 20 years
0: yeah and yeah the cat and the canary i was one of those movies that pretty much kickstarted the american Horror movie, like everyone um, tends to go on about, oh, it started with Dracula, it started with Frankenstein. Yet those were the first movies where they used the term horror. Universal were doing adaptations of Phantom of the Opera and Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde right back to the early 1920s. The Germans were doing the Expressionism stuff, so Nosferatu. Nosferatu, and, yeah. Yeah, the cabinet of Dr. Caligari and Waxworks way back in the 20s. And it was when those directors started to come over to the US. Um, so Paul Lenny, who directed Waxworks, came over to work at Universal because he was fleeing Germany. And he made The Cat and the Canary, he made The Man Who Laughs, a couple of others, and that's what gave the guys at Universal the idea to start kickstarting this this first big horror boom.
1: Right, which was amazing. It's, it's a huge leap back for, for a lot of our younger listeners, I'm sure, but I think... You're right, it's like, it was really good to know where all this shit came from, because I found, like, a new passion for it that I hadn't before, and it was kind of a challenge for me to kind of watch these, because this isn't, like, your regular movie, like, we're talking, like, very limited, you know, you gotta read this, like, if you hate yeah. subtitles, you're gonna fucking hate this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's
1: no CG, kids. No, no CG. Like, no CGI, guys. What are you going to do? Man, but yeah, I actually didn't mind that. Um, You also made me watch Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, which I fucking loved, man. Like, I haven't seen that since I was a kid. Like, a little it's, kid. It's
0: fucking funny.
1: It uh, is funny. Still to this day. Okay. Funny,
0: funny movies. I mean, I, I had... I asked you to watch that because I had a, a kind of a, a bigger point to, to get into regarding that, which we can get into, but it, it is it's a funny, funny movie. I actually, uh, Christine
1: and I were laughing. Like, it, it really is that good, and I remember watching Abbott and Costello when I was a kid a lot. That and Laurel and Hardy and quite a few others, like Charlie Chaplin and things like that. It's a cool comedy, man. It really is, and it was like, yeah. it was a spoof in some regards, but they had, like, the legit actors, like Bela Lugosi, who never did a Dracula movie ever again, was in this movie. Yep. They had, well, I think it was Vincent Strange who did the the monster. Is that his name? Yeah, I think
0: so. It wasn't um, Boris uh, Karloff. Oh, yeah,
1: it wasn't Karloff. Yeah, which they never even considered actually asking him to be a part of it, but they, but he actually offered to do Frank, or well, the monster of Frankenstein, uh, to promote the movie actually for this. Yeah. For, for this film, which is crazy, this is the second time Bella Lugosi ever played Dracula—not—not not vampires, but just Dracula in general, and it was like a comedy, and it's weird that that you know th- this is like really. Big talent for its time, for sure.
0: It is uh, and it is weird, man. It's a funny film, but those films practically killed horror stone dead for a number of years. Really? Yeah. So Universal made the. They did the the monster movies. They did the original of the Dracula, um, James Wales, Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein, and, right. and all the others. Then they moved into what I guess in in modern terms you would call phase two. Like if you're talking about. Your modern franchises, like the Marvel franchise, Phase 2 was when they all started to meet each other. You'd have Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. Right. You'd have the daughter of Dracula, things like that. And they were still good, but they didn't connect the same way the originals did. And then they decided, well, hey, we've got these great horror movies that make a load of money. We've got Abbott and Costello movies that make a load of money. Let's put them together and make a load of money, and they did. But also, they they killed the Universal monster movement stone dead, cause because no of one that. was scared of them anymore. Yeah,
1: right. They they made him a laughing stock. In in
0: how? Yeah, how can you be scared of Frankenstein when he's romping around with with um, Abbott and Costello, opening doors the wrong way and and doing all that they their great comedy shtick. You, you can't be scared of
1: him anymore after that. Yeah, it definitely did change it quite a bit. So that's, like, same kind of troubles that we have these days, even, you know, with, like, new franchises or new... Uh...
0: We're going to.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, what was it that uh, you didn't want to watch and I ended up watching without you uh, that uh, is the biggest infraction of fuck you, horror. <laughs> <laughs> the oh. Mummy, 2017. Oh, now, Yeah. Why don't you tell me what you thought about just hearing about it? And then I know you didn't see the movie, and I'm probably going to talk about it a little bit here. But why don't you tell me what you thought when you first heard about this news?
0: I wasn't overly um, excited about it. Um, they, they basically they announced it by saying that we're going to turn the Monster Universe into... The Marvel Universe, and this is going to be our big, what is it, the the Dark Universe? Yes. This is going to be our big franchise. Guys, they're not superheroes. They're classic monsters. If you're going to use them again, give us monster movies.
1: Yeah, they've taken the Abbott and Costello route and taken it like ten times worse.
0: Absolutely. Well, I mean, Frankenstein meets the Wolfman and all those movies, that was like their phase two back in the day. They've gone straight into phase two this time. We're not getting the classic monsters again. We're getting the team-up movies straight off. I mean, I haven't seen The Mummy, but I am aware that, um, spoilers kids, I am aware that Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde are in it.
1: Right. And I'm going to spoil this, so if you guys are a little bit uh, on the fence, I'm going to tell you right now that the movie sucks, in my opinion. (laughs) Uh, So I'm not really ruining anything for you, and anybody that's probably listening to us right now, Probably doesn't give a fuck. So I'm just going to tell you right now, if you were to, to not know anything about the Dracula universe, anything about Frankenstein, any of the universal monsters or anything at all, this wouldn't be a bad film in the sense that it would be new and unique to people. But what they're doing is they're basically taking Dracula's dick and breaking it and then putting it in their mouth and taking a shit on Dracula's mask and The Mummy, and all this other fucking shit, they're essentially, what they're doing is turning The Mummy into an action star.
0: Absolutely. And I mean, yeah, back in the day, they they got to the Abbott and Costello movies, but it took them 20 years to do that. Right. They had, like, a good 10 years of of the really decent monster movies then 10 years of the the daughter of dracula and butcher of the invisible man whatever um whereas this time they're they're missing all that good stuff out and they're going straight for the end game i don't understand that
1: it's you know what pisses me off it's like okay like marvel's not perfect guys like i don't know there's a lot of you fans out there that are like anything they do is amazing i don't agree with that i think that They're getting into the territory of, hey, let's mash all these characters together and nobody's going to give a fuck about any of them. And it's just going to be shit from here on out. Like, what is great about Marvel and what they've redone with some of these characters is they brought characters like Iron Man back into the limelight, which was gone. Pretty much essentially gone. And then they brought it back by doing the origin stories what is what is important about the origin stories is that you develop an interest for the character and for its you know the, the change that happens that's a very interesting point but what they're doing now they're just fast tracking all this bullshit into fucking mega fucking show and then it's just it just shits all over it but in the universal monster universe they're not even taking the time to even go oh hey this is the mommy or anything they're literally just pruning everything to be like oh this is a guy with special powers he's not even a mummy he just has the mummy's powers that's what they're doing yeah fucking pisses me off i watched the movie i was like okay i don't hate this i don't hate this i don't hate this like cgi sucks i don't like it like they could have done more classical sort of styles of filmmaking but then by the end of the movie and i'm sorry i'm gonna ruin this for all of you if you don't want to hear this Shut your fucking head off for the next five seconds or ten minutes or whatever. Basically, Tom Cruise is the fucking mummy. And he's a piece of shit because he's not even looking like the mummy. He's just a guy with powers to bring people back to life and make sand things happen.
0: Oh, mother. Sounds so lame. It's bad, dude.
1: (laughs) And trust me, you're not going to watch it anyways. It doesn't fucking matter. But it's just fucking horrible, and I'm fucking appalled that I even watched it. If you knew nothing about Universal Monsters, this would be a five. If you knew anything about Universal Monsters, it's two or three out of ten. Yeah, fuck them, man! they Get my money. <laughs> <laughs> Kill it with fire! <laughs> so what do you think? So what do you think the future of the Dark Universe is going to be like? To
0: be honest, I-, I don't see it taking off in the same way as the Marvel Universe has, because... They're not superheroes. You, you're trying to cram these horror elements into adventure film contexts uh, I don't think it's going to work. I think maybe they'll put out two or three of them. They'll, they'll make their money back. They'll make a profit. But it, it won't be like the Marvel Universe. This is not going to go on for years and years and years. I just don't see it, and hey, maybe they'll go the route that they went back in the, the 1940s and 50s, and maybe they'll have the equivalent of Abbott and Costello meet, meet the monsters, who, who the universe got now, comedy-wise, Bridesmaids.
1: <laughs> right, the Bride of <laughs> the bride of Frankenstein is going to be the next movie, by the way. Is he really? Yeah. They're doing the Bride is, of
0: Frankenstein.
1: Which I'm assuming is going to be all about <sighs> the monster because it's not, it was like literally a minute of the Bride in the movie.
0: Yeah. Um, well, good luck, guys. Good luck, guys. <laughs> I, I, I hope you have fun with it. I, I hope you make a, a ton of money. Um, I probably won't be watching.
1: No. After this, I've already wasted enough of my time. Yeah. And then, hey, maybe they'll, they'll
0: do the whole comedy crossovers. Bridesmaids of Frankenstein. <laughs> maybe, maybe you'll have that to look forward to, kids.
1: Well, I would, I would much more appreciate seeing some sort of Monster Squad whatever. Oh, that would be f- awesome. Than this. You know what I mean? Like, this is just... Like, even Dr. Jekyll didn't even really change. He just became angry. (laughs) And his skin changed a little bit of a different color. And, like, I don't know, like, even the original, like, still did more with him. And it was kind of interesting. They're turning... Essentially, what they're doing is they're turning Dr. Jekyll into the Nick Fury character of the Marvel Universe.
0: Ah, okay. So he's going to get them all together. Right.
1: And he's also kind of like a twist of the Hulk, in a way, too because he's super intelligent, and he knows how to, like, kind of play the pieces, so they kind of play him like a bad guy, but a good guy at the same time. So it's kind of like a mix between Nick Fury and the Hulk. And it's just... I don't know, man. Like, I can't can't believe that they're... I just... What the fuck, man?
0: I can't tell you how much that doesn't interest
1: me. Yeah, and I'm sorry if you guys just are catching up and in, in hearing this now, but it's over, guys. Everything is over. <laughs> just give up. No, I'm kidding. Don't give up, just drink. Drink like we are. Again, if you've never knew anything about this universe or the universal creatures or monsters or anything, it'll be an okay movie to you. You're like you'll probably be like, "Why is everybody so upset?" But if you know what they're doing to the characters that are iconic, it's almost like you really shouldn't even touch them anyway. And I honestly feel like the monster squad did a better job of <laughs> like recreating these characters, even not using the same names or anything, but they did a better job of recreating them than this movie will ever, these movies will ever do.
0: I don't think any characters are sacred. And I think if you want to, if you've got something new to say, or if there's a way you can update the original story and make it better, go for it, do it. But if you're just digging them up to be your next cash cow, then it's, it's cynical from the
1: start. Yeah, they can go fuck themselves. That's what I feel yeah. like. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Oh, and oh, it's no not me universal. just hating on remakes or reboots or whatever. It's nothing like that. It's just this movie. It pisses me off. Fair uh,
0: play. So let, let's issue a, a universal fuck you. Yeah, this is a
1: universal failure, guys. <laughs> anyway, we should probably move on from there. Let's talk about some of your artwork, man. Like, you just started doing artwork literally what? Seven months ago? Oh,
0: not even. I've done artwork for a while. I, years and years ago, I used to um, write and draw um, small press comic books and science. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're talking like 15 years ago. I I drew a wrote and drew a horror anthology comic, and I tried to get the people in my my local comic books uh, stores to stock it on the shelves, and they did, and that was awesome. And that lasted for about a year because it. it he didn't make any fucking money, man. I I I lost interest after a while. But um <laughs> but yeah, um so like back in February, March I just started fucking about again and I drew uh, two pictures. I drew a picture of the Exorcist, and I drew one of Evil Dead, drew them and gave them to two of my friends for their birthday. And then they posted pictures of them and other people said, Oh, hey, what if you were to do a Maniac movie or a poster or what have you used to do a Night Elm Street drawing yeah okay I'll do that I'll try it and I tried a couple more and then someone said hey I'd really like you to draw me this and send it to me and I said fuck you baby <laughs>
1: <laughs> and they did. <laughs> You're like, hey, I'm not a slut here. If I'm, gonna, if I'm a slut, I'm going to get fucking paid. Um, the, the truth is I just, I, I draw
0: them because I love drawing them. And every now and then someone says to me they'd like me to draw them a specific thing and they want the original artwork. And I'm like, hey, yeah, man, of course. And I'll do it for you. And I'll I'll do it dirt cheap. Right. I'm not looking to make a ton of money off this. I, I've got a job and I love it. I, I do this in my, my spare time. And if it, if it buys me the occasional drink or ticket to a local
1: wrestling show, then fantastic. They are pretty uh, affordable, guys. And, and they are, I honestly really like it. Like, one thing, I like, you did the video drum thing for me, and you combined two mm-hmm. scenes into one picture. And I think, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, I think that when you combine those two different scenes, like, two iconic scenes in a movie... From the same movie, into one, I think that's where you really shine the most. Like it's just nice. Like you had the hand, the gun that James, uh, yeah, fucking pulled James out of his fucking chest, James Woods, and then you put it in the TV. And man, that I fucking loved. It. That's my favorite one of the two. Oh, I'm so glad, man, and
0: I'm so glad that you picked up on that because that is. That's the one thing that that I I like about what I'm doing with these things. I like trying to boil a movie down into its core themes or scenes and just stick them together and see how it turns out. And so, hey, if anyone wants to commission me to draw something for you, you don't have to just tell me the name of the film. You can tell me what you want to see in it. Tell me what are the big scenes that you love, what are the big visual elements that you want to see, and I'll try and put it into a picture for you. If you like it, you can... Pay for it, it it won't cost you very much. If you don't like it, I don't care. You don't get to pay for it, I'll draw something else.
1: Nice. No, that's awesome, man. I I think you'll be pleased with it, though, because I think you have a pretty good eye for some of the iconic moments.
0: If you don't want a commission, if you don't want to pay... I mean, I I only charge like £20 for a commission, so that's like, what, not not $30? um, But if you don't want one, if you just want to buy a print of something I've already drawn... You can have a print of one of my existing pictures. It'll cost you £5. It'll cost you, like, what's that, seven bucks.
1: Yeah, that's pretty, pretty cheap. Plus, um, you're going to be I, having t shirts and stuff, too, which. I am.
0: Yeah. Super excited about having t shirts. I'm going to start that soon, soon, soon. Um, uh, Alex has put me in touch with um, a, a place that, that does them. And yeah,
1: that's going to be on the way. I'm so glad you did that, man. Because I was like, I mean, I know it sounds like very business-like, but I'm like, fuck that. Like, <laughs> like this is good stuff that people would really enjoy. Like, I would, why, who wouldn't want to try to pay for that? That's So I hope you don't take offense. But I'm yeah. like, you should do this. You should do this. You should do this. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all, man. Not
0: at all, man. You, you, your 10% cut is safe.
1: I just like seeing my friends be successful at things because I just am very passionate about things, and I like seeing other people who are passionate about other things be successful because it makes me feel like I'm around successful. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh,
0: me too. Hey, if my friends are doing something and it's cool and I like it, if, if it's also horror related, then right. I'm all about. I'm all about it.
1: What was that? what's a dream picture that you've been thinking about drawing? Maybe. Like, something that you may have, uh, like, had on the back burner that you're like, I need to do it, but maybe it might be a little more than I'm used to doing.
0: There's one I just did. I, I literally drew it the day before yesterday. And it's my favorite movie of all time. It, it's not really a horror movie, but it's kind of horror. It's Mulholland Drive by David Lynch.
1: Really? Okay.
0: And yeah. I fucking love that movie. And I, I so badly wanted to draw it, but I was terrified that I was going to fuck it up really bad. And I drew it, um, like, not yesterday, the day before. And I buzzed with it,
1: and I'm going to make prints of it. Nice, man. Yeah, you know what's funny? It's like I saw um, Lost Highway um, in, the, oh, yeah? in the theater. And I've always felt like Mulholland Drive and Lost Highway are very connected in a lot of ways because it's oh, yeah. it's very similar stories with different characters, different things that happen in it. Mm-hmm. But it is like the good versus evil kind of thing. I don't know how to explain it. Uh, I'm pretty much a little partial to Lost Highway. Uh, Lost Highway has always been kind of one of my favorite movies of it, and it's not his most popular one. It is most popular because of the soundtrack, but... Great movie. And hey,
0: hey, to to Alex's friends that almost ran away, I bet you're glad you stayed once you saw Patricia R. I kept getting naked.
1: Ah, right? Yeah, they missed all the good shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't. Sorry, sorry to the female listeners of the
1: podcast. (laughs) No, most of our female listeners are fucking awesome as shit. So they they fucking get the humor and they know that we're good guys. Just like you, Mark, you're a good guy. You fucking asshole. Yeah, fuck you, you cunt. Uh, Dude, I and I'm a little buzzed right now. But what is the place that everybody can go to that they can check out some of your artwork?
0: Um, well, I'm, hey, if you're on any of the aminos, if you're on Devil Jack's Creepy Carnival or Horror Amino, I post my shit on there all the time. I'm also, I'm on Instagram. My name on Instagram is Lamp, so like Lava Lamp, but with a B for for Mario Barber. And I have my own little shop at Big Cartel. It is housebythecemetery.bigcartel.com online my prints up on there. I've just put up prints of big franchises. So there's a Nightmare on Street one, there's a Halloween one, Friday the 13th, and... Um, David Lynch,
1: Twin Peaks, right?
0: Um, and yeah, I've still got some Twin Peaks up on there as well, but I've also got like the big horror franchises on there as well. I sold out, kids. All you kids that love the Slashers, go visit my store. Go visit my store. <laughs> Dude, if you want a Freddy Krueger print, if you want a Michael Myers print... Five pounds, seven dollars if you're in the US. Um, whatever you have in in other countries, I don't fucking know. Um, they're cheap.
1: Yeah, they're cheap. I'll,
0: I'll send them all around the world.
1: Yeah, so all the links to all this will be down below, by the way, so if you want to check some of that out. But yeah, if you guys got some like artwork or something that you're a fan of in a movie or something like that, even if he doesn't know it, he'll fucking acclimate himself with that fucking artwork and that movie and everything else and try to figure out a way to make something the best he can for you. And I think, honestly, from my experience, I've seen nothing but good shit, so if you guys are interested, you should do it. Thank you, for yeah, man. So how the fuck do we roll this out at the end here? I don't
0: know. What do you want to
1: talk about? I don't know. I'm done. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: going
1: to be a short show, this yeah. one.
0: kidding.
1: <laughs> uh. Let's see. So let me ask you this. So what do you think about some of the modern horror that we have today mixed with some of the... Because you're, you're well-versed in horror. You know, we're, we're we've been watching movies back in the 20s. So, fuck, um, what do you think of modern-day horror today and, like, where is it headed? Like, do you like where it's headed? Do you not like where it's headed? Do
0: you know what? I'll say this, and this, this might surprise a few people, it might not. I super love the horror of today.
1: Really? Okay. I,
0: yeah, I absolutely do. I'm, if you ask me what some of my favorite films are, yeah, some of them are from the 70s and 80s. Some of them are from way back in the 20s and 30s. If you ask me about the films that I'm most excited about, the ones that haven't been made yet Okay. I want to know what's coming And I love watching new horror movies So some of my favorite movies from the last few years Asking, the Turkish movie really From good, yeah. about two years ago Yeah, that's kind of like almost a, a mashup Of Lucio 40 and Hellraiser That was fucking awesome But wait, uh, did you
1: understand what they meant? Because if you don't understand what they meant You might not like it And you might be upset at it and hate it
0: Oh, man, I didn't didn't understand what the fuck was going on through most
1: (laughs) of that movie. It had a deeper meaning, that's for sure, and I loved it.
0: I loved it. It was fucking awesome, and I I love any movie that tries to do that whole um, whole kind of Mobius strip thing where the guy goes through the adventure and then turns out he's at the beginning of it at the end and all that stuff. I love those movies, and I love that Baskin did that. I love that this is a little older but Triangle, from about... Two thousand eleven. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the fucking on the boat. Uh, time
1: travel one, right? Yeah,
0: the one on the boat ends up becoming the slasher that she's trying to get away from and that's a fucking great movie. I it really love is. movies that play with that shit. I also like some of the I guess the, the bigger, more talked about horror movies of recent years that a few people kinda hate and kinda like to wail on. Um so I I'll start off by saying apologies, kids, I fucking love the Neon Demon
1: really okay yes
0: i love it and i know lots of people don't it's a hard movie to love but it does that deliberately because it's one of those films that it is what it's trying to talk about so it's talking about the fashion world so it's got to be kind of aesthetic and all about the pretty visuals and have not much going on underneath
1: right and you know what i'm probably going to get fucking hate mail for this but in a way it's kind of like a modern day suspiria it
0: absolutely is there's People I know there's a remake of Suspiria going on at the moment. We've already had it. Stop filming. It doesn't (laughs) matter. We've we've had the Suspiria remake. It was the Neon Demon. Um, It's got the whole it's all about the visuals. It's one of the prettiest movies I've ever seen in my life, just like Suspiria was. Um, the story ain't that deep, and hey, I'm one of the world's biggest fans of Suspiria, but the story doesn't run that deep, guys. Right,
1: yeah, it's more about the experience, the aesthetics, the, yeah, the vibe. It's,
0: it's pretty stuff and witches at the end.
1: Right. Did that's you what know,
0: Suspiria is, that's what Neon Demon is.
1: Do you know what the Neon Demon technically stands for? Now, I haven't read this from the director or anything, but to me what my interpretation of it is I'm pretty sure that's what it is it's essentially making fun of Los Angeles that
0: wouldn't surprise me
1: yeah that's it's it's, (laughs) yeah it's essentially making fun of Los Angeles saying that it's shallow and it's a neon demon it's a pretty shiny demon
0: Yeah, I like
1: it, man. I like it. Yeah, that's essentially what I think that the movie's about. I wasn't thrilled about it the first time I saw it, but there is no doubt that it is probably one of the better shot films, independent films that you've seen today. It's got a lot of style and art techniques. So much style. Everything. Yeah, every shot is like a painted monster. It really is. It's like from start to finish, it's like, damn, dude. But it, it's not one of my favorite movies, but maybe perhaps after hearing you say what you have about it, I might need to go back and try it again.
0: I um, I, I liked it the first time I watched it. I watched it again recently, like about uh, a week or ago, and I actually liked it even more. I'm close to loving this movie.
1: Well, let me ask you this. Have you actually checked out Anna Lily Amir Poor? Any of her work? Like the uh, girl walks home alone at night? Yes. Do you like that?
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It It was really, really different. And there's a few movies that are coming out of that region at the moment that have been really good. Um, Her movie was great, and also from last year, Under the Shadow.
1: Under the Shadow, I haven't heard that one. Yeah,
0: so that's by a UK-Iranian director, and it's set in the middle of the Iran-Iraq war. It's a a low-budget ghost movie.
1: Really? Okay, I think I might have seen something about that.
0: It's called Under the Shadow, great movie. Okay. Under the Shadow. It's got a real political set drop to it, but it's it's essentially, it's a ghost story, and it's a story about a mother trying to protect her child from a ghost. It's fucking
1: great. Hmm, kind of almost reminds me, and I hate to say this, it's kind of weird comparison, but uh, Guillermo del Toro? Yeah,
0: yeah. Um,
1: Some of his early work, anyway.
0: Absolutely. There's definitely parallels between it and movies like Devil's Backbone.
1: Ah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's a, That's uh, one of the ones I was thinking of, actually.
0: Yeah, and Pans
1: Labyrinth. Kind it, it's it's, of very uh, fable esque.
0: Yes, it's got that kind of it's it's got that kind of almost gothic fairy tale feel about it. Not as much as Del Toro does because he he really digs on that shit. But yeah. um, it, it's got that kind of gothic fairy tale feel about it. So it's about a, a djinn which is basically like we have poltergeist in Arabic and in Muslim countries they have gins, right. and, and that's their kind of old folklore. It's
1: like a um, demon, isn't it? Right.
0: Yeah, it is. It's like a demon slash ghost, and and that's from, like, old Islamic folklore, um, and they draw up on that, but it's set in uh, a kind of modern period setting. It's set in, like, the late 80s. It's a great movie. Check it out.
1: Definitely. What other ones can you suggest that maybe we should watch?
0: I saw a film the other day, which I absolutely... I don't understand it, but I love it. It's called Always Shine. Oh, I think I've heard of that. It's like a... A kind of persona swap movie. So kind of like Mulholland Drive or like Jacob's Ladder. Also. Oh,
1: oh, dude, I'm down then. That's perfect. It's about these two friends who are also actresses.
0: and One of them, their career has taken off and the other one, it hasn't. And they've not spoken to each other for a while and they go away together. And so there's, there's kind of a bit of bitching and fighting between them. And one's jealous of the other. And then about 30 minutes in. It just goes fucking batshit crazy. (laughs) And from that minute on, I've got no idea what the fuck this film is about. No clue. I'm going to watch it again and again and again, because one thing I do know is I love this movie. Always Shine, it's called.
1: Well, now that I've actually got kind of an understanding of what you like a little bit, I'm assuming that you're probably a fan of The Possession.
0: The movie with uh, Sam Neill. Yes. Miss Wife, Oh, I fucking love that movie, dude.
1: That's a. I figured that it'd be something in your sort of like you know arsenal of fucking movies.
0: I saw it for the first time about six months ago. I never saw it back in the day. I, I got a Blu-ray of it about six months ago because I saw that it was one of the video nasties.
1: Right. I kind of uh, feel like Antichrist kind of borrows from that a little bit. Lars von Trier.
0: Uh, yeah, a little yeah, bit. I, I, um, he, he would never admit to it.
1: No. But I get it. To every you.
0: A million fucking, he would chop your head off for even suggesting it. But <laughs> I think he probably did.
1: Yeah, I agree 100%. That's one of those films that's like, it just reminds me of Antichrist in a lot of ways. Like, it's a beautiful picture. Like, it really is. But.
0: It is beautiful. It's fucking batshit
1: crazy. It's fucking disturbing as fuck. But uh, man, what a beautiful, disturbing movie. Just like, um, are you into? Uh, and I've I've talked about baby rape movies quite a bit. <laughs> 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 a Serbian film. Speaking of well shot movies.
0: Oh, uh, you know what, dude? I'm not.
1: Not a fan. No,
0: no. I just i I watched it. I don't get into the whole idea of the message behind it it feels to me like they were just making a shocking movie for shocking sake yeah and so i don't understand the
1: political message whatsoever but
0: there's apparently a political message about the shit you have to go through to make a serbian film it just struck me as shock for the sake of shock If it had more, if it had characters I actually gave a fuck about, (laughs) um, I might care a little bit more about it and about what it leads to. Do you know what? There's a movie that is not similar at all. To a Serbian movie, but it sure as hell has a similar ending called Kill List. Have you seen that? Yes,
1: I have. Kill List.
0: It's by Ben Wheatley, the guy who made um, High Rise and A Field in England, couple of movies, British director. He made something that it's kind of half Hammer Horror, half David Lynch. Um... And this came out
1: in 2011? Yes. But it's it's kind of like The Witch meets, like, modern day a
0: little bit yeah kind of it's got like um it's almost like a buddy movie throughout it you've got these two um i guess assassins going on this job together and then it gets more and more horror as it gets through and there is kind of some witchy stuff in it Um,
1: it is a little uncomfortable yeah i do remember that
0: similar to the the payoff of serbian movie apart from it's killing rather than fucking
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah I don't know, I, I think I'm just a little depraved sometimes, I think while I may not enjoy what I'm seeing I'll never forget it kind of feeling
0: I'll watch movies for that reason Yeah, I will um, And I, I've seen quite a few and there's not many that turn me off uh, Serbian film didn't turn me off by any means it just, there were parts of it that bored me, but it certainly didn't turn me off the only movie that's ever really turned me off completely was the second uh, Human Centipede movie
1: Oh yeah, that was really greasy.
0: That's a that's a greasy, greasy movie. That's yeah. a good word for it, Alex. Yeah, uh, where I come from, we'd call that a grubby movie.
1: Right? Okay. Uh, grubby,
0: grubby. Just greasy. seeing the
1: sweat pour off that man's face and how he yeah. was delighting in some of the fucking disgustingness. It was pretty. Curty, yeah. Dirty
0: fat little man.
1: I still haven't seen part three yet with the prison. So the,
0: the second one was a struggle. All the way through, I felt like I was being dared to watch this all the way through. I made it, but only just.
1: You know, I think they read their audience pretty well, though, if you think about it. Yeah. I don't know. It just has that vibe about it. Like, hey, have you seen this two girls, one finger video? (laughs) You should check it out. Only we're going to stretch this out to an hour and a half. (laughs) I dare you.
0: I I dare you. I I remember being a kid and when all these VHSs were flying about my cousin once brought home a film and I'm not going to say what happened in it but halfway through we realised that this was a real fucking film this wasn't a movie as far as I'm aware it doesn't have a name because this was a, a genuine fucking snuff movie yeah, and we realized halfway through we were like dude we're not watching a film <laughs> so, yeah. someone's actually fucking doing this to, to these people and that, that's when we went right so off.
1: yeah it's weird I remember when I was younger I used to watch a lot of those films stare each other to kind of watch yeah. like The traces of death, faces of death, all that shit. It is very disturbing. And in the same respect, it's almost like synthetic death. Because in a way, it's like you're experiencing the outcome or the byproduct of death without actually experiencing real death. Although you are watching. You know what I mean? So it almost like synthetically forces you to hit rock bottom and appreciate everyone around you by watching it. I'm not saying that that's a good thing. Like, do you really need to kind of watch that stuff? But- it, it is kind of a nice reminder, I guess. I don't know, it sounds horrible, but...
0: I, I guess all horror does that to an extent. That's kind of the idea behind horror movies, but this takes it to its absolute logical conclusion. Right. Um, I don't want to know... I don't know if I want to go to the logical conclusion. Well, it's a very um,
1: gladiatorial sort of thing, you know? Like, uh, we all have that ability inside of us, or that... Weird thing.
0: Absolutely, we do. But I, I like to be able to cleanly, divisibly separate my fact from my fiction. Um, I, I like i like to know. Yes, I know what I'm watching. It. I'm like, did he really fuck that baby? <laughs> <I'm>, I, I, <laughs> I like to know beyond the shadow of that. That no. No, he didn't fuck that baby. Yeah, exactly. Like,
1: I agree with you because at least I know it's not real. Like, if it was real, I would not be rejoicing in, like, weird laughter right now. (laughs) (laughs) He's
0: a baby. He won't remember.
1: Uh, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It's just a a fucking grain of sand in his memories, guys. (laughs) Yeah. This it was an adult, he won't be fucked up at so <laughs> oh, oh my god, man. we <laughs> oh, <we've, laughs> I'm sorry I can't stop. <laughs> well listen, man, thank you so much for coming on guys if you don't already follow Mark or Matt he goes by Mark underscore doubt on both Devil Jacks Creepy Carnival and Horror Amino you should definitely check him out I think it's the same on Devil Jacks right?
0: Uh, yeah I I do a stupid thing where I, I change my name like every day on my boy you kind of do I'm... yeah
1: so it's kind of yeah, hard to track you down you
0: can find me most of the time I'm, I'm Mark underscore Dow uh, and hey my wall's got all my fucking pictures on it because I'm right. a massive fucking self publicist so you'll soon find me <laughs>
1: <laughs> well guys if you get a chance please check out his links below seriously like I'm not just saying that like I think his artwork is really good especially for someone who's finally coming back into art from childhood even like I was very impressed I was surprised to know that he just started restarted things up so if you get a chance Check that out, Mark. Thank you so thank much, you, man. Um, and,
0: and hey, guys, don't just check out my app. Come and talk to me. Yeah, come and, and say hello and let me make some new horror friends.
1: There you go. He's actually very easy to talk to, and that's why we hit it off. Absolute fucking blast, dude. Yeah, man, it's good times. We have to do this again sometime soon. Oh, whenever you like. I'm down. So much fun, man. If you haven't already, please go to LongLiveTheVoid.com to check out any of our shit. Uh, all of the links, all the episodes, all the horror shots, everything that we do here is on that web page. Also, be sure to follow any of his links below. Follow us on Horror Amino, Devil Jack's Creepy Carnival uh, on Amino. You know, next Thursday, this Thursday, we're going to come out with a brand new episode with our brand new co-host, guys. So definitely be back this Thursday to check that out. Mark, do you have any closing words? Uh, fuck you. <laughs> I couldn't have sent it better myself, my friend. (laughs) But guys, thank you so much for stopping by. We want to thank Mark for coming by today. We had a really good time. Happy birthday to you, man. And uh, we'll see you next Thursday, everyone. On the Void Horror Podcast, tune in this Thursday for part two of The Chuck Stops Here.